All right, we're going to really geek out over a newsroom at a big radio station back in the 70s and talk about why it was so successful and could it work today with the same kind of a format. Mm. And it's getting serious, folks. Retail sales are evaporating, and so is the retail base for media. So what are we going to do about it in the coming years as an industry? And we'll talk a little bit about that. We may even have an idea or two. Not necessarily good, but we have an idea or two. So welcome to Media and Sultan. I'm Jackson Weaver in Seattle. My co-host is Keith Samuels sitting next to me and just smiling and looking great. Good morning, Keith. Nice to have Good you morning, on. Good morning, Jack. Understand you had a couple of yacht club experiences over the weekend, so you may oh, be a little oh, yeah. snooty. Yes, yes, Uncle Muffy. Lovey, yes, yes. First, Down in Newport Harbor, yes, making well, the scene at the yacht clubs. You know, well, yacht, yacht rock radio for me. <laughs> and we'll... We'll be sure to we'll be sure to count on you for those kind of uh, those kind of elevated views of what's going on in media, and we'll talk about our ideas and opinions, and we'll have some fun today. So, let's do it. This is Media Consultant for Friday, July 29th. Keith, we've talked about it a couple of times. It's the middle of summer, and it's pretty quiet on the media front. So I thought we'd deviate a little bit and kind of geek out on some stuff. You know, last week we mentioned news and radio stations, and and news has really changed a lot over the years in terms of an element in programming. At one time, everybody had to have a certain amount of news. Mm -hmm. Nobody much does that anymore. You know, if you're a music station, you do very little news. You might do it a little if you're an AC station or hot AC in some drive time periods, but not much at all. And, mm -mm. and But there was a time when every station had to carry news. And though everybody thought it was a pain in the ass to do, there were a couple of stations who did really well with it. One of them was the Big 8, CKLW in Detroit. This was the top dominant radio station from the 60s and the 70s. It was owned by RKO, and they had a news department second to none. It was really an amazing group. And I found this clip of this video clip that is so well done. It's from a 2004 documentary called um, Radio Revolution, The Rise and Fall of the Big Eight. And I took this segment because I thought it was so interesting how they ran their news department, the way they wrote, mm -hmm. and the way they developed and delivered news in the Detroit market. So let's take a look. In the 1960s, hourly newscasts were mandatory, and most radio stations hated to comply. Interrupting the music always meant a drop in audience numbers, except at CKLW. Their 2020 news was delivered 20 minutes before and 20 minutes past the hour. So while other radio stations went to news, CKLW was still playing music. But the big difference wasn't just when the news was delivered, it was how. I remember the first time seeing uh, the news director, Dick Smythe, actually do a newscast. Well, boy, the microphone goes on the air, and all of a sudden, it's 20 minutes before 6. This is Dick Smythe, CKLW 2020 News. He couldn't sit still. You know, and he always had his hand behind his ear, reading the news, saliva spitting all over the... Uh, all over the uh, glass that separated us. His right temple had a blood vessel in it, and when he'd read the news, that blood vessel would pulse because he had such tension in that newscast. Because if I, you know, if I, if I say go and you, you move your hand like that, you just added that much to, to the emphasis. And, and I, I used to like really throw myself in a newscast. 
moving all over the darn place and, you know, yes, and Detroit, and here's the weather, and bang, bang, bang. CKLW weather just ahead of much more music and Pat Holiday. Partly cloudy and cold tonight, low 32, cool Friday, high 50, the Merck Index 36, the current temperature at the Big 8, 24 degrees. This is Dick Smythe 2020 News. The 2020 News guys, they were disc jockeys without music. Had the same energy level. We were the same radio station, the same audience. A lot of snappy writing, a lot of alliteration, a lot of short sound bites. They had the big sounder, the bum, bum, bum. And everybody knew that something was going to happen. You knew something was going to happen. There was something that when you walked in the broadcast booth, do your newscasting, and went boom, 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 da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. You just felt this adrenaline rush. And then you had teletype, a phony teletype underneath you the whole time, and it was like driving you. I flew with the Thunderbirds once, and they give you a little training on when you go through the G-forces, you have to breathe like this and tense up, and that helps you to not black out. Well, that's what we would do doing the news. I mean, you could actually work a sweat up in there. Just ahead of much more music than Frank Brody, this is Randall Carlyle, 2020 News. The first time I went on the air... I threw up three times before I, before I went in the booth to do my newscast because it just seemed so big, and it, 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 was. it was. It was huge. We had 24 people in the news department. Nobody had that kind of a staff. Uh, we had bureaus in Detroit at the city county building. We had a bureau down at City Hall in Windsor. We had reporters out all over the place. That doesn't happen in radio anymore. The 2020 News had a presence in the community that was grand in scale and a style that soon became internationally notorious. When Dick Smythe left CKLW in 1968 to work in Toronto, he handed over the news director reins to a 19-year-old protege from Alberta named Gary Mack. Mack changed his name to Byron McGregor. Then he changed the sound of the Big 8 News. The news department takes on the personality of the news director, and Byron McGregor was a character. He was uh, sort of a, a god to us all. Uh, I think uh, those of us in the news business who used to listen to him. He was big, tall, lean, muscular. They drove a fancy, uh, we used to have news cars back then, they were Camaros. They had the big engines in them and had CKLW emblazoned on the side, 2020 news. Byron was a stickler for good writing. And that's one thing Byron banged into our heads. You have to write, you have to write. I think the U.S. stations were afraid of that style of writing. They used everyday images to write news stories. That when you heard it, you went, whoa. Motor City Mayor Roman Cribs has a mad on for an unidentified rapist. A butcher knight-wielding pervert cornered a secretary in the elevator at Detroit City County Building and rode her to the vacant seventh floor and proceeded to sexually assault her. Guards are now being considered for future surveillance of the crime-stained seventh floor. Lee Marshall, 2020 News. Oh, boy. Should be ashamed of myself. <laughs> the writing was powerful. Strained through the grill of a Buick. Another deadly duo of Detroit dastardly deeds as the dice decreed death. A disagreement over 7 come 11. Now she's in heaven. The man who delivered that double-barreled death with his package of penetrating pellets has been pounced in the pen. In another case of hot lead in the head, had a heavy-handed hitchhiker tipped with a trigger and paid his bill in bullets. And it would be like jazz musicians riffing. 
because we'd, we'd be you know, popping lines at each other. And sometimes things would get a little out of control. This is Randall Carlyle, CKLW 2020 News. The stench of young burning flesh rose over Port Huron this morning as baby-hungry flames ate alive five little boys. I thought it was creative. And the second I got off the phone, lights up, and Byron's on the phone, and he said, Randall, there's a fine line we don't cross, and you just crossed it. And if you cross it again, you won't have a job. Okay. Grant Hudson was just a master at it. I mean, it would just, he would sit there with his feet up on that desk, I remember, and, and he'd have a cigar in his mouth, and it would hit him. You know, the light bulb would go off, and bang, 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 you'd hit those old Olympia keys on the old typewriter. And the Louisville Slugger story, I'm sure you, you must have heard that one. The hitless tigers could use this guy's talents. Mount Clemens police have a 36-year-old man in custody. Seems he got home about 5 o'clock this morning from an all-night spree. That ticked off the little lady who unleashed a verbal barrage at the man. That apparently the last straw for him. He picked up his genuine Willie Mays power-eyes lightning strike Louisville slugger baseball bat. Proceeded to hit a thousand on the woman's head. She's dead. He then turned on the children. They're in serious condition. There were some good journalists there, and we were still telling the stories and telling the important stories of the day, sometimes just a little more dramatically than they, maybe they had to be told. But it was working. When you see it happen, the Big 8 wants to know about it on the hotline. Dial 254-CKLW in Windsor and 961-NEWS in Detroit. We relied on the greed factor. Uh, uh, we had uh, a weekly cash award. And I don't recall that we ever said how much it was. I think it was $10. And $1,000 for the news tip of the year. That $1,000 a year was one of the most cost-effective ways to run a newsroom. You had a million people out there, you know, looking for things that they could call in and tell you about. We get some pretty dramatic eyewitness accounts of, of different things that had happened. And as soon as I pick up the phone, you'd roll the tape and... Because normally the first thing out of their mouth was the best uh, version of the story. Eyewitness James Mays was there. He called the law, then called the Big Eight to say it was enough to make you sick. They just moved the steel truck off of part of the body, and uh, they were using shovels to put uh, part of the smashed parts in plastic bags. And uh, they put what was left of him on a stretcher, and he's squashed beyond recognition. You can't tell it's a little boy even early. And you could always tell when the economy wasn't so good around here. Our news tip lines would ring off the hook. People would call CKLW before they would call the police. The cops would call CKLW from the crime scene. You know, I know that for a fact. There are guys who admitted it to me. You know. One of the years I was here, Detroit set a record number of homicides, 800. And we called it the Motor City Murder Meter. And... Uh, the Motor City Murder Meter just clicked two notches last night. You heard this first on the Big 8. Accommodations are getting tighter at the Wayne County Morgue as officials stare at 16 new feet peeking out from those rubber blankets. Eight murders since midnight, three of them happening a short time ago in an attempted quadruple blow-up. It was heartbreaking. Today, the homicide rate in Detroit is probably one-third of what it was in. This is 2020 News, and one of the reasons you tuned in is because we're not going to pull any punches with you. When you take all the smooth edges off of it and just give people the truth, and I mean the raw, bare-bones truth, it comes at you pretty hard. Everybody in Detroit embraced that. That was our identity, which, if you listen to Motown music, it always tells a story, and if you really listen to it, it doesn't always have a happy ending. There's no reason that, that a good 
top 40 radios news department couldn't also be responsible. I think a lot of stuff went off the track. This is after I'd left Windsor and gone to Toronto. I, I think they got off the track and, and uh, uh, really, really uh, gave uh, Radio News bad name, I think. I would go to radio TV news director conventions around the U.S. and Canada, and uh, they would give, uh, that, some guy from CBS News would get up and give a, a seminar on news writing. And he would start out by giving bad examples. And I'd be sitting there and I'd have to cover my name tag up because he'd show our copy from CKLW and show some of the outrageous things, looking back now, that we did. We were accused at that time of being uh, borderline yellow journalists. Uh, I never looked at it that way because I thought it was just something that uh, fit in with the format and it was something that uh, Detroit needed at the time. But there were some very good journalists there. We were just having fun for a couple of years. And, you know... These so-called capital J journalists, we didn't give a damn what they thought because we had we had the rock and roll sound. We were 2020 news. Well, I sure <laughs> hope you enjoyed that blast of the 70s. <laughs> I sure Those... did, Jackson. I sure did. And now back to the music. Yeah. It's good. These guys are voices are amazing. You know, it's just it is... And how they got all these guys together in one station. And by the way, CKLW's licensed to Windsor right across the Detroit River from Detroit. So it was a Canadian station owned by RKO and boomed into uh, into Detroit at 800 a.m. Wow. 50,000 watts oh. of flame-throwing power. It was an amazing radio station. And I just love that that story because he, he hit it on the head. The energy of the radio station and the energy of the news department matched up perfectly. Yeah. And he's right. Every time you heard that news timpani, You'd say, what's going on? Wow, yeah. And, and Jackson, I heard that news, Tiffany. I was an eighth grader living in a suburb of Detroit. Lit at, you know, in, in, and I, was, I lived there in April when that, they switched to Boss Radio. They were already doing news that way. They switched to Boss Radio and the music changed slightly. But, I mean, it was, it was massively impactful. I mean, that station jumped out of your transistor radio like no other. And, uh, and that was the, the era, okay, boomer of, you know, big AM stations, you know, FMs were just on the horizon, just coming online. But it was, what big AM station could you get on the radio and was playing, you know, new music? It kicked your ass as a 14-year-old, I'll tell you that. Yeah, it was fun. And <laughs> and uh, for those of us who were even in the business back then, well, yeah, I was kind of in the business back then, <laughs> back in the 60s. But Randall Carlyle made the comment at one point in the video, he said, it was big, because it really was big. These <laughs> yeah. stations had incredible reach, incredible impact, yeah. particularly younger demos. You know, that station probably between 12 and 34 probably had an, on a weekly basis probably a 60% cum. 60% of the market cumed the station in a wow. week. I mean, the wow. impact was was just absolutely enormous. So anyway, fun. We geeked out on it. <laughs> <laughs> and enough of geek for the summer. Now we got to get down and talk about something serious, Keith. Wipe that smile off your face. Mm. We're talking about the demise of local retail and what it means for local media. Mm. I mean, we've talked about this. Everybody knows it. What's happening to local retail? Big box stores and startlingly, well, not really startlingly, but you know that uh, the online sales last Christmas was 50% of the total volume. Mm. In mm. other words, half of the Christmas sales were online. Uh, do you remember when December was your second biggest month? December and May were the big months of the year? Oh, yeah. Dece yeah. 
December used to just kick ass because everybody, everybody who said, oh, I'll wait till Christmas, you pick up all these accounts, all the Christmas promotions, all the stuff that went on. Mm-hmm. Boy, it it's tough. December is, is mid-pack in terms of best billing for the month on most radio stations today. And that's because retail has continued to decline. Mm-hmm. Our friend Jerry Del Caliano was, uh, had a column the other day and talked about Norfolk, Virginia. And he said in Norfolk, only 25% of the iHeart radio station's revenue is local. Yeah, yeah. And that's just indicative of what's happening, you know. The the guy who used to have the furniture store, who used to have the the hardware store, the guy who used to advertise the funeral parlor, they're all chains. They've all taken over all of this retail volume, and we don't get any part of it for the most part. Yeah. Little network. But that's about all. Well, you know, I think too the and yeah. Go ahead. Well, Finish your point. I'm going to have a couple of comments. And the sad part also is that car dealers are fading. You know, both the franchise changes and the franchise laws and the supply chain both have really disrupted it. So it's getting to be tough. And we've got some ideas on what Paul Jacobs wrote a column and he had some ideas that we'll go over in a minute. But you you had a thought on this. What was your what was your well? Thought? You know, I think there's there's a couple of things that that um, are affecting local retail right now. And that obviously is the fact that they can't find people to go to work for them. So you have retail businesses that you used to count on and co-call on and maybe get you know, some seasonal business out of, but they don't have enough staff. If the, if the advertising ran and it worked, they didn't have enough staff to handle the you know, people coming in, deal with the people coming into the restaurant because they don't have the staff to do that. So they're just going, you know what, I'm not going to spend the money because I don't have anybody to, I, I don't have enough workers to handle it. I'm just fine doing how, I, how I'm doing it right now. The other part is, is that over the last decade, these people, these local small businesses, even in the smallest communities that our stations serve, both television and radio, have gradually migrated most, if not all of their advertising dollars to digital. And so when you had, you used to have people that would spend 500 a month, 750 a month, 1,000 a month, wow, on an annual, now are spending three to five thousand dollars a month in digital programmatic on their credit card with facebook with google with instagram whatever they're doing and you know ad search seo and you go back out now and they don't have any money left over just and they spend more with digital than they ever spent with radio television cable and print and now we're just fighting for the scraps well Town Square, yeah. for example, isn't fighting for those scraps. They're selling them the digital. They're the digital people. So it's, they're like repping all those products for, for, for local businesses. But still, that, that affects everybody else in the business, both radio, television, and cable, and print, where they're, 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 there's, these people are spending their money elsewhere. So now we're digging out of the digital hole, trying to get them back. There's no money there. We have the COVID situation with lockdowns and shutdowns. Now we've got the recession looming, so everybody's freaked out. They don't want to spend the money. And we've also got businesses that don't want to invest in growing their business right now, particularly in a state like California and particularly like LA, because we're going to have indoor masking today. Indoor masking goes into effect in LA. These businesses are afraid that the next step is going to be you know, lockdowns, shutdowns. And so why should I go and grow, try to grow my business when the, when the government's going to, the city government's going to step in or the county government's going to step in or the state's going to step in and shut me down or not let people come to my business. You're right. And, and all of that is true. And so the challenge that our audience has got is, okay, great. It's going to be a shit show. How do we deal with it? 
And Paul Jacobs of Jacobs Media Strategies actually wrote a, a very thoughtful column on this. You know, his, his point was he had a couple of really good ones. First of all, go on the offense now. Mm-hmm. You know, don't sit back on your heels and wait for RFPs and wonder why they're not coming in. Go on the offense. Meet up with local retailers. Meet up with Chamber of Commerce and their business development committees and talk about developing shop local campaigns. I know that sounds so corny. But, you know, there are campaigns that have been corny that have lasted decades that work pretty well. Tom Baudet comes to mind. <laughs> you know, I'll leave the light on for you. It's corny as hell, but it works. So, you know, he also had a suggestion about doing pop-up studios in malls and in downtown retail core areas. Mm-hmm. Not a bad idea. Yeah. Link up with shopping sites to better educate local clients on how to sell their products online and using the radio station to generate traffic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a suggestion of integrating QR codes. I'm always on QR codes talking about those all the mm-hmm. time anyway. Mm-hmm. How can you use QR codes to better maximize both your retail experience and your digital experience? So those are just ideas, and I would encourage you to go look up uh, Paul's column. It's good. And he talks about some things because it's getting to be really serious, Keith. You know, we can talk about I, – I saw a thing the other day that said develop your sales pipeline. Everybody in with in halfway decent market knows exactly who's in their <laughs> pipeline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't they, they don't need to know how many more people are in their pipeline because they're dealing locally. And I think uh, I think we got to take it real seriously. And it's it's going to be a tough period of uh, time. I agree. No silver bullet either. No silver bullet. Well, no, but I think your 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 advice about getting out there, being proactive. Paul's advice, your advice that you just shared is being being out in the marketplace. Uh, you know, I know you're under a lot of pressure with your KPIs and you've got to, you know, you've got your digital budget and you've got your social budget and you've got your, you know, terrestrial, you've got your normal ad budget, all those things. But, you know, the fact of the matter is you've got to stay close to your customers. You've got to stay close to your, you know, wrap your arms around your customers because your best prospects are your current customers. So you got to wrap your yeah, arms around yeah. them. Secondly, yeah. you've got to, you know, keep your prospecting going. Because, you know, Google and Facebook don't make sales calls. That's all programmatic. You know, if you've got Town Square in your market, you got to be quicker and faster out there selling your, your stuff before the Town Square guy scoops it all up um, and gets on their uh, subscription service. Make sure that you're, you're, you're visible, but you're bringing ideas. You're bringing opportunities. It sounds old school, but the biggest complaint that advertisers have these days is they don't see their, their, their media reps and they don't have an, when they do, they don't have ideas. Yeah, they just want to know when there's next, when's the next, next buy. buy. When's when's your next yeah. up? Yeah, when's don't the next be buy? don't be All that right. guy. Yes, Keith will wag his finger at you, and you will be cursed if you're that kind of yeah. guy or gal. All right, another episode of Media Insultant has come and gone, Keith. We've done it again. Thank you so much. We drop these new shows each Tuesday and Friday, and the platforms, any podcasting platform, and videos are on Vimeo under the Media Showcase. It's a service of in-town media. Our little media consultant show is. And we'd love any comments. Jackson at intownmedia.com anytime you want. Comments, of course, are subject to disagreement. <laughs> so we love to have you know, people who, who say, you guys are so full of shit. <laughs> That's always welcome. Okay, we will be back next Tuesday, Keith. Until then, adios. My Until friend. then, Jackson, listen to the Big Eight. Okay, All right, have a great week, buddy. <laughs> <laughs>